if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hey, it's Danny Lucky Me. I get to talk with Katie today about <laughs> household movement hacks. Reaching for natural movement can be challenging in our super comfortable, modern, convenient society. And a lot of us have very little interest in chucking it all to go live in a cave and sleep on the dirt. But there's ways to get more natural movement into your day and your everyday life if you just think about it. This episode of Katie Says, Katie's going to share some ideas for movement hacks uh, using your daily tasks and, and some of your household furnishings even, hopefully, that will get you thinking about your environment and everyday chores in a whole body way. Are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. Hack. Hack is an overused word, but we're going to use it some more today. 
<laughs> can we can we use it obnoxiously? Because it used to mean something when I was younger. It used to mean somebody who was no good at what they were doing. They were a hack, but now it's like this cool thing, right? So I always thought about like hacking trees down. Oh, and another way to use it. Hmm. Okay. Can I just start? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to hack into this conversation right now. (laughs) What is a household movement hack? What would you consider a household movement hack? Just like a quick example in your house. I don't know. You mean, okay, are you asking what do I consider the definition to be or like what? Give me an example of. uh, Definitions are kind of boring. I think we get it. So just what is something in your kitchen that you do? that maybe Mary Jo down the street doesn't do, but that allows you to do your work in the kitchen with more natural movement? Well, I cut the legs. I literally hacked the legs off my kitchen table. How about that? Oh my gosh. That's four hacks right there. There's so many ways to use this word. Yeah. Just to sit down, just to, just to sit in a, a hip and knee, ankle joint configuration, then what would normally be at the kitchen table. Was that the first movement, household movement hack you ever did? Literal? The literal hack? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, what, what what was like the first thing you ever figured out in your household? Like, okay, I'm going to change this. Got rid of my couch. Okay, getting rid that of my was the couch very the first thing. I think that was the, that was probably the first, the first one. Getting rid of the, I mean, I don't, gosh, I, you know, I had two kids in the last four years. Like it's all a blur, but I, I think that when we moved, <laughs> We, we left all our furniture behind. So so getting rid of the couch was, you know, a living room hack. Getting rid of a TV, is that a hack? Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's just going to, like, sitting, no, no matter how you're sitting, if you're sitting in a good position or a bad position or whatever, right. sitting in one position and staring at a screen is not, an, you know, maybe you, if you could have a, a TV that changed altitude so your neck was always at a different yeah. different angle or whatever but yeah so no I suppose TV. you could change your own altitude yeah. on that you could no, no tv getting rid of the couch those are some living room hacks i think we're just going to go room by room okay all right. all right but do you have any household items that you've repurposed ever for incorporating natural movement into your days well you know like at the kitchen table i cut the legs off that and also i had this beautiful turquoise table but it got a bug infested in the legs and i cut the legs off that so i could have a sitting desk so that's another one Ooh, is that the one in your pictures mm-hmm. on the site that's a nice table yeah that table gets a lot of play because uh, so it's turquoise good. anything turquoise gets a yeah lot of play. yeah it deserves to yeah so like uh as far it's as like the queen of colors <laughs> it is <laughs> it is the queen of colors um what, what other hacks i'm just trying to think of i'm trying to think of things that i've owned that i've that I've actually physically, you know, distorted. I think that's about. I think that's about it. I think that's the only time well, I've taken a saw to furniture. Right? Can you think of another one? Right. Well, but you've got other items. Sure. Like, sure. Um, like the towel for the calf stretch. I mean, that's everybody has a towel. Hopefully. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I'm talking about like items that you've gone. Hey, yeah, I can dry my body, or I can stretch my calves on it. Yeah, or just like you know, like anytime you see the need for a strap, you know, just. What's long? Like you got a belt, you got a, you got a scarf, you got some, some cord, you know, you don't have to go out and actually buy a yoga strap to do, you know, different stretches or whatnot. So those, those can be done there. You know, I've had a, I had a log, you know, I've used logs as balance beams, like in the backyard and Mm -hmm. 
as far as I had a log, uh, one time I had a friend who took a small log and cut it in half and made me a, a wooden half dome. You know, like we use the foam dome to do the stretching and it was way harder because it didn't compress at all. And then you could flip it over and it was like this balance, weird wobble balance board that, you know, took 15 minutes to make. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you don't have to go out and get special stuff all the time. I mean, that's people get kind of hung up on that. Um, well, speaking you know, of hung me up, included, so yeah. yeah. Speaking of hung up ladders, right? So I did all those blog posts on the ladders. Yes, for, I've taken um, some some different thrift store ladders for our small kids. We had that bamboo ladder because it couldn't hold you know as much weight as an adult. And how much did that first one cost? I think uh, my husband paid like almost twenty bucks for it, so it was okay. quite expensive for yes. a hack. But we've used it for four years, and our kids have used it as monkey bars, and they and like. We've we've had that thing. You can go look at that blog post to see all the different ways we've had it. But then I came by just, I don't know, maybe five or six months ago at a garage sale, like an estate sale, two wooden ladders for five bucks. And these are these are full size, I call them fruit picking ladders. Oh, so they're not like the foldy? They're not foldy. They're just they're super long. Um awesome. they're metal reinforced, right? They're meant for they're the old fashioned I like call the them kind that you'd lean up against a second story window to help somebody elope out of. You'd lean up it up against a barn. Like it just has like barn olden days written all over it. I don't know how Who many lives people lives in a barn. <laughs> well someone who's eloping, clearly. Huh. Guess so. <laughs> Um, Thank God you have it. Yeah. And I suspended them and they're floating monkey bars between trees. And we just, I mean, we have them out all of the time and I hang underneath them and, you know, scale up and back down a slight angle. And so, yeah, so that's, that's some, there, there's some repurpose. We just took, we have two sawhorses, you know, like old sawhorses and cut the legs off those to make kid tables for the backyard. So when we have a lot of kids over for community eating or like a painting, you know, or something like that, Uh we do like, you know, if we're doing some sort of craft or, uh, you know, if we're pounding a certain food or if I'm having them, you know, mash something or make a tea or, you know, whatever class, you know, type event we're having outside, there's a bunch of kids. uh, We just take two pieces of wood and stretch them out on these modified sawhorses and there's some like low tables and then you can take them away, right? You just fold them and put them back up. So whether they come in and out. So I do, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. I try not to buy anything new ever if I can help Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So let's move through the house. I know that you live, your house isn't huge. It's Mm -mm. little, right? Yeah. Tiny house. Okay. So let's go and do hacks by room. All right. What do you do in the kitchen that's different? Low table... I I prepare, we have, we sit and we have a low table, but we actually eat the bulk of the time just straight on the ground. So we actually have a, a rug. What am I saying? Not like a, a soft rug, but like a twine rug, you know, an extra inch and a half mat that we'll sit down on. Kind of like jute or something? Yeah. Yeah. Some okay. sort of, it's some sort of fiber. I don't know okay. exactly what it is. And I, I actually will prepare food down on the ground. So it's not just an eating space. I'll squat down and the kids will all squat down and, you know, here's your, um, you know, bananas to mash or your, you know, whatever your zucchinis to grate. Or if I'm chopping something, they're chopping something, they're two and four, but I let them use knives and, and boards and we sit down and, and we make a lot of foods straight on the ground. I don't have a dog though. I know I've heard people say that I could never 
could never transition to doing things on the ground because I have dogs. It's like, well, that could be definitely a reality. I don't know if they can go outside or not for food preparation times, but. Well, like we, I, I have started chopping stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll squat to chop some stuff to get my, my squats in and my dogs aren't allowed in the kitchen. So Ah, that solves that problem. You just gotta have dogs that listen to you. And that will stay off your stuff. You and know? kids that listen to you. Where do you get those? Where do those, where do, what happens there? <laughs> so yeah, so that kind of stuff. Um, what else? You know, mortar and pestle. Like, you know, mm-hmm. making things even from more whole, if you can, where there's more movement. You know, movement traditionally has been involved in preparing food forever. But yeah, like, and I don't mean like walking to the store and walking back home again. I'm talking about actually physically processing, mashing, ripping, tearing off. So so finding foods, even if it's spices, you know, that you have to mash or, you know, if it, don't buy juice. Like if you're going to have juice, just get fruit and let your kids juice it or juice it yourself. You know, try to figure out if there's a one step less processed food that you can get um, that you have to. Mm-hmm do some sort of physical labor yourself. Like we had a, we had the a Hawaii retreat for our instructors a couple of years ago. And one of the things I had them do was just like, here's a coconut. There's no tools in sight. Just get the, if you want your coconut snack, a green coconut, you're going to have to oh, open gosh. it yourself, you know? And it was like, Ugh. not even a grocery store coconut, no. but just a green coconut. Yeah, oh just my. Fresh. No machetes, right? You're only oh. going back even before a tool and take your rock. And, and it was a, it was an amazing amazing experience. How long did it take those hungry bonobos to open those suckers? Well, the person who opened it the fastest just grabbed it overhead and bashed it as hard as they could (laughs) on the rock and cracked it open. However, they lost the bulk of the juice that way, Mm. right? So there's this brute force, but then there's also this refinement. And then we had people, I mean, we had men, women, we had people from, I mean, I think my daughter was the youngest at one to the oldest person who was in their 70s. And it was, for many people, the first time physical work had ever been done to get a calorie. That's oh, my awesome. gosh. Isn't that crazy? That is awesome. That must have been so fun to watch. Well, and, and some and of participate these, in. And it was awesome. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I Like, it was a triumph. And that... Like I'm getting emotional about it right now because <laughs> because it was like this Stupid moment. Coconuts. It was this moment where there was this balance in nature. We're going, your whole life, your whole life used to be or might have been a direct exchange of physical nourishment for physical labor. That's the discrepancy that this person had been at for 70 plus years. And that's phenomenal like this this accomplishment mm-hmm. of like I didn't even think I had the strength but you know and it, it took like 30 minutes of chipping away and then to drink that that liquid down I've got a great picture of it too oh it was it was really fun and then you know things like foraging macadamia nuts but they're in their shell you know like mm-hmm. so you gotta take little rocks and crack them open not huge go get some walnuts in the shell go to your farmer's market and get walnuts in the shell and make that what you do with your kids or do it against your friends, awesome. right? And then, but don't use a walnut cracker. Use a heavy rock. 
right? There you go. There's physical labor. That's a fun activity, right? All day long, all life Boy, long. Boy, talk about keeping the little boogers busy, man. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, that's a, that's an old school thing. Like I, like yeah. I grew up, I was talking about, like I was grew up, I grew up in a kind of rural environment and all the, you know, old folks would sit around. We had a huge walnut tree. All the kids would gather walnuts um, during the season. Oh my God. Huge. I mean, I remember like, it was like, here's your bag. And we got paid. Mm-hmm. We got paid like a dollar, a dollar for 10,000 walnuts or whatever child labor violation was at that time. But, you know, you would you would go gather and they would have the skins on and then you dry them because the skins are toxic. And then you'd peel the skins off and then they dry in the sun. And then all the old folks would sit around with walnut crackers and chat four hours, you know, at a family barbecue, cracking them open and putting them in a bowl. And then everyone would take some bags home. Like, and that was... I did that every year of my childhood is that black walnut tree. Um, stuff like that, you know, just mm-hmm. like there's so many That's things cool. to hack. Man, hacking is getting more and more little, right? Just hack your walnuts open. And so that's the kind of stuff that I do in the kitchen. Okay. That's the good kitchen. kitchen hacks. Those are brilliant, really. I'm I'm taking notes. I'm so excited. And also less food. I I only buy food for a meal. So you walk to get your food every time or yep. Yep. I have this relationship with getting, getting food every day. Yes. It's from the store, you know, or, you know, light foraging, but for the most part, it's just so that I have, the kids have this idea that when we want food, it is not readily available in our house. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a hack. It's a total hack, but, but whatever, like I spend, everyone's trying to fill their whole entire day with activities. It's like our activities are just <laughs> eating. We spend so much energy on getting food. You know, it, it could be way easier. I could go to Costco and stock my whole house. But then I would, then I would have even less, I would have even would, more time to fill every day. Right. I would just imagine that your relationship and the kid's relationship with wasting the food is probably a lot different when you have to work harder for it. <sighs> I'd like to say yes, but but they're little, uh, but so they're, they're kind of yes. In that I weird, mean, we're like, yeah. I, like we're just regular. I mean, we're regular people who have all the same. Like these are just tiny little hacks. They're still it's all the same. Like my life is not utopia by any means. I don't want to. I don't want to portray that this is amazing and it's just so great. It's just, it's <laughs> just the activities that we choose to do. I choose to go like, all right, for the next ninety minutes, the activity that I have planned today is go here, walk here and get this or berry picking, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, I try to do, I try to do no, food related great. stuff because food, to, food and movement are, to me are baseline requirements, baseline. And so I try to, I try to build my mm-hmm. homeschool slash unschool activities around that. Awesome. Okay. Okay. And let's move to another room. We were just in the kitchen. What's the next room in your house? If I walk out of the kitchen, you can get to the bathroom quickly. Okay. Got any bathroom hacks? Uh, bathroom. I know one. Yeah, you know one. What's my favorite bathroom hack? Squatty potty. Yeah, squatty potty or a, or a squat platform, platform, right? I've got one of mm-hmm. each, even though I only have one toilet now, which is a problem with the house of four people who eat a lot of Whole Foods <laughs> <laughs> and who are all like on a super regular schedule. Like we all poop within 30 minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's tough. So squatty potty is one. I don't think I have any other bathroom hack, right? I've got toilet paper. Mm-hmm. I know people would love to say something like, you don't have any of that kind of stuff, but um, <laughs> um, no, I think that's that's my only one. Okay. 
So we're leaving the bathroom and we're going, where are we going? A living room. Okay. Uh, no couch. We already know the no couch. No TV. What else is cool? <sighs> Not really. It's totally boring. I keep all my keep all my exercise stuff in my room, my living room. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you're already sitting on the floor, you might as well just grab that dome or strap or yoga tuna ball or whatever and do a few things while you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you already, the hard part was getting down to the floor. And you've got cushions and stuff. I mean, I think yeah. Yeah, people we, should know that it's not just you on a jute rug, but there's no. cushions occasionally. And- no. Yeah. There's that. Oh, it's actually a wool rug in the living room. Um, what else do we have? You know, we, in, in our, in our new house, we, it was already there like a window box of seats. Like it, it was just like a little small Oh, cool. Built bench. in? It was a built-in bench. So we just awesome. got cushions to put on top of that. So now it, it solved the, like, when other people come over who are unable to sit on the floor, who just can't even fathom doing it, that's where they all sit. But it also gives us two levels to play with. Like, we'll sit on the floor, but we'll also sit. It's not very comfortable. Like, so you're still squatting or sitting on, a, like, you know, an on folded knees with your legs tucked underneath you or lying down. So it still is like a flat surface, but raised. So it just, it just gives, it gives a little bit more depth, I guess, to the living room. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Nothing else really in there that I can think of. Okay. And my office, my office, the family office, right? So I've got my low desk, that dynamic workstation. We have a piece of equipment that my uh, husband found in a thrift store that I don't even know what it was, but it's a, it's a standing rolling rack. It might've been something for the kitchen, like an old, you know, what it probably was, was like an old, um, rolling baker's rack for a microwave, you know, that, that came out in the eighties. And so he has that and it's got the computer on it. And, and so he can, um, move that around, you know, as necessary if he wants to look out in, out a certain window or he wants to, you know, be working, but looking into the living room. And I think that's about it in here. More exercise equipment in here, you know, like foam rollers and, and balls. I'm kind of looking around. Other things you can just stand on, step on, move around on while you're working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. And then walk into the, we have a, a kids, what we call the kids kind of playroom. And that's got the monkey bar hack. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the like that indoor monkey bar set we're known for. And then in our bedroom is the the sleeping hacks, right? The we used to sleep directly on the floor. So that's probably changed from before. We used to have our, our mats, like a, a foam mat directly on the floor. I oh, like one of those Costco toppers or Yeah, whatever. it was a Costco foam topper. Okay. And no pillow. So right, that's kind of known about us is we don't have that that level of padding like we don't we try to get more movement meaning meaning we don't assume the same structural position all day that we also assume for the night that we have a an environment that allows for different loading during that sleeping phase mm-hmm. but we got so two things happened and I'm working on a blog post about it the first was we got mold under the mats you because we have just pine, we have just pi- straight pine boards. And then we had the, the foam was so thin, it would just conduct our heat right down. So, and we're in the Pacific Northwest. So it got a little moist and then we got mold. So we weren't, I was like, okay, we could roll up our beds, two of them, right? So our, our all of our family beddings is in the same room. 
we could roll them up all every night or we can make a platform to lift them off the ground. So that's the first thing we started to do was to make these wood platforms. So it was still hard, the same level of hardness, but raise them a little bit um, so that there could be airflow Mm -hmm. underneath. And it's like a slatted wood so that there's airflow to the mattress. But then I started tuning into all of the um, anti-inflammatory, not anti-inflammatory. No. <laughs> What's it? What is it? Flame. Um, Flame retardant. Retardant. <laughs> well, I guess that's anti-inflammatory, right? But yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> I started tuning into the flame retardant stuff. I had never, it just wasn't on my radar. Like chemistry, like I'm so like biomechanics, biomechanics, movement. I just, and I don't read hardly anything on the internet. Like I'm just not, I, I go on the internet for work and then right back off again. I don't spend any time on there. And I was blown away at the amount of research and awareness of the toxicity of flame retardants. And it's in everything. And so one hack that we have done is to get rid of things that are affecting our physical health that are like non-visible. Like it's clear to see we don't have a couch. It's clear to see the angles of my knees and hips, not so clear to see what I'm mm-hmm. breathing in. And and as it turns out, what's like in breast milk. So I'm still nursing and they're finding flame retardant in breast milk and that children have a much higher um, quantity of flame retardant in their body. Like it's hugely toxic. So then I started researching um, other mattresses, but it, by law, it's sprayed on every single mattress. So long story short, we found cotton and wool because it's not as uh, flammable, untreated pads that we put on our slats. So we still have the hardness of the floor, um, but now we don't have any of that. How thick are your pads? Just curious. Four, about four inches was as... as okay. And and firm. So what I do is I walk on the surface. So, you know, so I got a, a tweet from some guy. He's like, are we after like as hard as possible? I'm like, no, you're you're not after as hard as possible. What you're after is natural amount of hardness. So like if I go out in in the forest and I hike without any shoes on, I can feel the give Mm -hmm. of the ground. There is give to natural ground. Um, There is no give to my hardwood floors. There's no give to the wood that's underneath the mattress. So when I walk on it, there's a firm, it's, it's very firm, you know, it's much firmer than a traditional mattress. So it, it works for us. Truth be told, I actually preferred to sleep on the ground, straight on the ground, um, with even less support. But I really wanted to get rid of that gas first and and I'll just yeah. wait. I'll wait and see what else comes around for mattresses. Like I was fine mm-hmm. with the negotiation of an extra inch. Um, so we did that. I saw a cool post. Somebody uh, didn't want to deal with, you know, the flame retardants and um, they wanted something pretty thin. So they just went to the thrift store and got a bunch of old wool blankets Mm -hmm. and sewed them together. And that was just brilliant, you know, that's good ideas. You just got to think about it. You know, and if I, if it was just, you know, adults sleeping in the bed, I think that'd be easier, but I've got kids. And what I found is there's such like egg beater sleepers, they spin (laughs) that they were just destroying the set of blankets. And every night was uncomfortable because they were pulling everything off because it wasn't really attached and in this kind of traditional bedding, Mm -hmm. like tucking in. So that's why we made that transition for right now. And I mean, I, we, we try different stuff all the time. So we'll be doing this for a while and then we'll do another podcast on what else. But I just thought of another hack. I thought of an app, an office slash bedroom hack. Okay. We put a timer on our 
wireless Wi-Fi on the on the router so that it shuts it off. I think it's at 11 and it keeps it off and it turns it back on at five mm -hmm. to turn off whatever is emitting from that every single night. Also to get whoever is on the internet late off of the internet and get them to go <laughs> to bed. I won't say who that is, but you know, it's just one of those hacks. It's like, if it shuts off, you know, most of us are like not going to go over and reprogram the $10 timer from Radio Shack, but that's been huge. And our sleep quality, huge, hugely different, if that makes sense. I have sense. to tell you, my husband and I tried that yeah. after you posted that. And we just unplug it because we both go to bed at the same time. Yeah. So, and I gave it, the first night was amazing. I'm like, well, I'm going to give this a few weeks to see, you know, if there really is a different, huge difference in the quality and depth of depth. my dreams and his dreams. Yeah. Just amazing. And depth, depth of sleep. You know, I had a big yeah. weird dream shift right at the beginning. Um, but what I've noticed that's really persisted is that I'm still sleeping deeply mm -hmm. in the morning. Where normally I would like wake up like around 4.30 or 5, just kind of like, oh, I'm awake. How strange. Like I, there's, a, uh, there's a certain depth there. So everyone can do their own yeah. experimentation. Um, but yeah, that was, that was crazy. And, and we, that, I think what makes it a hack is that we put a timer on it, right? It's like, yeah. So it's, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to um, walk over and turn it on or turn it off. But um, well, and that's good. Yeah. One night we forgot, and um, I just felt like I was floating on the edge of sleep all night, and so did he. Weird. And we woke up and we're like, oh, we forgot to unplug it. So yeah, yeah. timer's a good idea. Well, good it. hack. Good yeah. hack. Yeah, I think that's all my hacks. That's that's my list of hacks. So would you consider when you? went to, to sleeping on the floor, would that be your most challenging transition to going furniture free or is there oh, a different one? Gosh, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, for me, the challenge is in the decision. It's, it's in executing it, not, not doing whatever it is. So I would say probably the one that required, I don't know, sitting on the floor was big. So sitting on the floor required quite a bit of physical, like I didn't have the shape of my body to sit on the floor comfortably. I've always had very tight hips it, 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 when my leg, when my knees are out to the side, like my rotators of my hips have always been tight. Mm -hmm. Hamstrings, not so much, but rotators, yes. So when I first started sitting on the floor, it was really uncomfortable. So I had to bolster myself up you know, with pillows. And eventually, because I assumed that position so much, my body just became reshaped by it and is now in a shape that is a floor, I'm a floor sitter now. Same thing though for sleeping, not so much the mattress, but probably getting rid of my pillow. Like that, that required quite a bit of, of transition time. Um, so there would be a toss up between slowly getting rid of the pillow, right? Going from a larger pillow to something smaller and smaller and smaller. I probably made five steps, five different shapes. Over a period of how long? Gosh, I would say it's like 18 months, maybe. That's a good long time. Okay. Yeah. And I've had headaches. Like headaches has always been my thing. And so when I start playing with my head and neck position, not, I've never had um, migraine headaches, but just tension headaches because of tension in my neck and my head. Mm -hmm. So the pillow was, the pillow was big, um, but I don't know if that was that much longer than floor sitting. So around that time, you know, it took 18 months, but but it certainly is. Floor sleeping is <laughs> way less strange for other people coming to your house and not having a couch. That's like there. there's the whole 
having other, you know, fitting into a community of people too. That's, that's a different one. So I don't know. What was yours? What was your biggest hack? Oh, I think I, I am not allowed to get rid of the, the couch. So I just got off of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was my, you know, just like you say, you're just shaped a certain way. And so I had to bolster. And now if I go somewhere to somebody's house and I'm just like not comfortable just plopping on the floor of their house and I have to sit on their couch, I just, I think it sucks. I I'm very uncomfortable sitting at that angle now Yeah, on their couch. So I think for me, and I'm just now getting ready to transition to the floor hmm. for sleeping. I, I have, this is kind of a big question, but I think it'd be a good one to wrap this up with. A lot of times in a household, there's only one person that wants to say, hey, dude, let's sleep on the floor or get rid of a couch. And sometimes it's only one person that's on board. Do you have any suggestions for a household where only one person wants to start living furniture free and, and they're the only ones? Because you kind of had everybody, I mean, you had two kids that just had to do it. And then, you, you know, your husband is, he's totally into it. So I'm assuming yeah, that he was like, yeah, let's do this. So that you didn't have to. Didn't have to, to convince be, anybody. You didn't have to convince. You didn't have to sell it. Or I think that happens a lot in, in this community. I've talked to a lot of people where just n not everybody in the household is on board. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, and you don't want to hand down any, you know, in a peaceful household, you don't hand down edicts. It's like not healthy. So. Um. Well, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, I mean, healthy is an interesting choice of words to describe that scenario. I think it is. I think I, I think I would probably pick a different word than healthy, but um, I don't know. No, I mean, it's not healthy in a relationship to say this. We are so getting rid of the couch and that's the final word. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's, you want to figure out how to. You know. No, I get that. But I was just oh, okay. like, I'm just saying like, it's, I mean, it's the, it goes right up there. Like, what do you do if you have a partner who smokes or if you, or you are the one who smokes like, or food, oh. food wise, like, how do you, what do you do? What do you do in your family? Like, are you guys pretty healthy eaters? Would you say? Uh, for the most I mean, part, it's hard. I mean, see, I have to, I have to spearhead that. So, well, and that's, yeah. see, that's interesting because uh, see, I don't have teenagers. I don't have older children. I have little kids. They've only known a particular way of life. I don't know what it's going to be like when they're older and are exposed to more things and want to do differently. So I just don't have any experience outside of this is just what our family does. My husband's mm -hmm. just as into health as I am. So it's just, I've never, I've never really broach this kind of subject. I'm certainly not a marriage. I mean, it seems like more like it's a, a like a marriage counselor yeah. or a partner, <laughs> like someone who counsels people in relationships because then you got to go and sit on the couch in their office to talk about it. Well, no, do you I'm make, kidding. do you make junk? Will you make, um, like if you're making a meal, oh, like yeah. a health meal, no. would you make junk food for everyone? Like for the ones who no, don't want to eat no. healthy? No. So, and I think that's a great, yeah. I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Like there is so, like I would say, I mean, my advice would be if it's if someone else's behavior is causing you stress, that is a personal problem to be solved. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if your family and I'm not, on, you, I mean, like, it's like I, I have people like I'm so stressed, like I want to be healthy, and my and my partner won't let me be. It's like, well, you're like the only person making you stressed about someone else's decision to not follow your particular way of life. Like that's just your. Right. Personal amount of stress. Like you can just feel good about sitting on the floor. Uh, I, I wrote a, a blog post years ago about um, exercise adherence um, on the research 
about why someone does would start an exercise program and stick with it versus not. But I think that that, that research in psychology in general is like, I, I had a friend who was a smoker and I mean, he's a, a real kind of educated guy and he got, he, he got the ideas like, okay, I know smoking's, you know, killing me. But it was such a long time away that he wasn't truly motivated to stop more than he was interested in smoking now. Like it was, I had taught a class on what actually was happening mechanically in the moment that you were smoking. It wasn't that this is eventually going to lead to demise, right? That's how we position so much of health. It's like, you're going to die earlier. It's like, who cares? Like, when it comes to the enjoyment of life, who cares if you're talking about living two years longer or not, if it means that your whole life is unenjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. But if someone is suffering every single day because of their, let's just say, smoking or because of their sitting on the couch, but they don't really understand that there's a direct in the real time suffering that they are seeking a solution to. That's always seemed to be the thing for me. This guy, he was, he came up to me. He's like, I had no idea what was actually happening to me when I smoked. It was always this nebulous, this isn't good for you. You'll live a lot longer. La, la, la. He's like, and I didn't really care about living a little bit longer, but I had no idea that the, you know, seven doctor's appointments that I had every quarter and that this particular pain and the, you know, this particular issue in my body was all tied to my smoking. No one had ever explained that before. It was this always general, like, this isn't good for you. And don't you want to be healthy? Like that word, don't you want to be healthy? So did he figure this out after he quit or just from education? He figured this out after that class and he stopped smoking the next day. Holy cow. He was like, like I said, he was a guy, he was a logical guy. It's just, it's very logical to also say, who cares if I die two or five years earlier. I mean, that whole, that whole, you know, desire for continued life is certainly much, you know, it's going to be a bigger thing at the end of your life. You will be looking forward to those two or five years. But if you're 12 and your mom wants to get rid of the couch, that's not a very good argument. No, you know, but if it's, if, if, you know, someone is having to stay home three days with menstrual pains you know, and has to go to the doctor to take certain hormone pills because of really bad periods. I'm just trying to like come up with other things that are related to repetitive physical position and lack of movement in general. If someone's suffering through these all of the time, sometimes explaining it's or we're going, why don't we try floor sitting for this week to see, you know, how things how it goes for our family, right? There was screen-free week, right? That was a big mm-hmm. national thing. And everyone was like, screen-free week, yay, we're get, we're doing it as a family. You know, doing things where there's only part of your family involved doesn't usually work very well for sustainability. So just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't have any help there. I don't have any help there. I have my particular understanding of the problem, but I don't know, be a role model. Don't Yeah, let, don't. I mean, that's how I always, how I think of it and how, and what I tell people is yeah. just all, all you can do is live by example yeah. and you know but also make sure you're not enabling like yeah. you know it's this, i always use a junk food it's like yeah a lot of kids don't like health food either that doesn't mean you make a junk food dinner because you really you if you are the caretaker of your family's well-being you're maybe more you're willing to take on the burden of people's complaints 
more so. Like what would happen if you got rid of your couch, Danny? What would happen if you said, I'm getting rid of the couch and they came home to no couch? What would happen? Do you imagine? I'd, I'd probably be in the doghouse for a couple of days and then they'd probably adapt, I guess, or go out and buy another couch. Yeah. So, so like what's the cost? It's, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's just a, you know, um, the desire to keep everyone happy all of the time is a, is a, certainly a one that I've dealt with the bulk of my life. So I don't know. This is a podcast on something that I don't even know anything about. No, it's, it's, it's good. And, and this was very helpful, actually. I mean, you're not you're not a, a marriage or relationship counselor. No. Um, but uh, it comes up a lot or with even people. Any, like I'm nothing besides, you know, someone who's trying to explain right. mechanical consequences. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of people who have like behavior, like behavior is addictive, period. We have what we call the bad behaviors or the bad, ne- you know, the negative addictions. But like you're just... You just, you enjoy doing the, the same things you've always done over and over again. And when someone wants to change them, you don't want to, whether it's, you know, Cheetos, right? Cheetos is our junk food example. Like if you ate an old Cheetos right. diet, you don't want to get rid of the couch. You don't want to add a quarter mile of walking just because it's, it requires change and resistances. Oh. Resistance is natural, but so <laughs> are the consequences. I like how you said that you're not always comfortable, but you always feel good. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm you know, physically, yes, yes. Yeah. That, that's really, it says it all right there. It's, yeah. That was good. Those were good hacks. You're no hack. I'll tell you that. Those were good hacks. It might be a hack. You just never know. No, you're no, you're no hack. And we hacked away at that list. That was awesome. That was pretty good. It was good. So Thank you once again for the very entertaining time. <laughs> um, and just to remind everybody, if you head over to restorativeexercise.com and go to the listen page, we have a little uh, widget there. There you can record your question to the podcast. You can write out a form if you're shy um, and you can listen. Use a Stitcher app and listen right there while you're perusing the site to the latest podcast episode. Have you got any questions yet? I, I, have, t- I have a ton. Really? I have a ton, yeah. So that's kind of cool. It's, um, yeah, it's they're all all waiting for you. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good, and we'll do as many of them as we can. So, thanks for your time, and thanks everybody for listening. Bye, bye. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie. Visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. You can learn more about Danny Hemmett at moveyourbodybetter.com.